You ready for Basecamp Fitness's best deal yet? Seven days for $7. That's right, seven days for $7. It's time to double down on your fitness goals and snag this offer before it's gone. Call or text Basecamp Fitness at 913-232-9770 or go to BasecampFitness.com to learn more. Do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. KKGQ Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Oh, what a weekend. What a Sunday. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy noontime. Episode 420. Shane Dennis Show, like the man said, Jack Johnson alongside to contribute, produce, Answer your calls, read your texts. Here's how you can be involved today in a Super Bowl review Monday. 669-4996. That's the hotline. 247-0923. That's the text line. Area code 316, of course. You can tell Alexa or your home device to play KKGQ. Tune in on your phone, 92.3 on your FM dial, ESPNWichita.com. Stream the show from your tablet, laptop, computer. Follow us on Twitter. Be our friends on Facebook. We're at our Riverfront Stadium Studios. It is February 13th, 44th day of the year, 321 remaining in 2023. And we are headed for a high of 61 degrees today. All right, of course, we've got a lot of Super Bowl talk to get into. We'll start it in this segment with Mahomes' resume. After Patrick Mahomes leads Kansas City to a 38-35 win over Philadelphia in the Super Bowl, we'll talk Mahomes' resume slash legacy here in the first segment we'll dive into the actual game itself a little more in the second segment some big takeaways that we had big moments in the game and overall thoughts of the biggest plays of super bowl 57 that's coming up in the second segment uh also maybe a little bit of audio sprinkled in there post game so that's coming up here in the first hour the twitter question has to do with patrick mahomes and what is most true about patrick mahomes after that victory last night at espn wichita's where you can go and please vote and retweet for those that uh, religiously weigh in on the twitter question we love you for it continue to do so and share it with your followers as well Then at uh, 1 o'clock, we'll have some Super Bowl quick hits. Uh, Six or eight or ten or so occurrences in the game or sidebars of Super Bowl 57 that we got thoughts on. For example, um, Kadarius Toney's punt return. uh, My... Not assertion necessarily, but I can make an argument for Jalen Hurts being the MVP yesterday. Um, the holding call, Carl Sheffers, a lot of little quick hits, little things, uh, little side stories of the Super Bowl that we can have uh, a little bit of a discussion on coming up at 1 o'clock. And then at the end of hour number two, we'll have some shocker talk. 
Shocker Sports busy yesterday, and mostly good. Uh, mostly a good day to be a Shocker. Women's basketball, softball, and men's basketball all in action yesterday. And the softball team, of course, all weekend long. We'll update you on everything that happened. And most notably, the men's basketball team that very beautifully led Shocker slash Chiefs fans from basketball right into the Super Bowl because of a double overtime game on ESPN with SMU. So I'll have thoughts on that at 125. And then I'm old Jack Young, just like normal, at the very end of the show, February 13th edition. So there is your show. That's how you can be involved. Call us, 669-4996. Text us if you don't want to call or can't, 247-0923. That's text line, 247-0923. All right, Jack, before we dig into Super Bowl 57, give us a moment of levity here on a Monday. I was drinking a beer, and the waitress screamed, Does anybody know CPR? I yelled, I know the entire alphabet. And we all laughed and laughed. Well, except for one person. (laughs) All right, that's Jack. If you're not familiar with uh, our moment of levity, that's pretty much it. Every single day at the beginning of the show. Today is February 13th. It is Galentine's Day. Bringing women together to celebrate each other every year the day before Valentine's Day. Jack, have you ever heard of Galentine's Day? Because I hadn't until just now. I had heard it used in a sentence or in a conversation before, but I really didn't know the difference between Galentine's Day and Valentine's Day. Okay. National Cheddar Day is in the cheese. Second Monday in February, which happens to be today national clean out your computer day national tortellini day and of course national football hangover day anybody that's listened to me for any length of time knows that i would very much uh if it were up to me make a push or make a one declaration or the other Super Bowl on a non-Sunday or maybe Monday off, observing a football holiday as day after the Super Bowl. But until then, we'll just have to keep dealing with National Football Hangover Day. It's It's estimated nearly 14 million people call into work sick the day after the Super Bowl. I got to believe by now that your bosses are on to you if you're calling in sick Monday after the Super Bowl. National Football Hangover Day was submitted by Katie Nolan, who is an ESPN host and sports personality, in 2019. So National Football Hangover Day is today as well. Tomorrow, one big one. I don't have to tell you about what February 14th is, but there's three other days to tell you about tomorrow as well. In 1895, February 13th, the Lumiere brothers patent their cinematograph pioneering Work led to the first public screening of a movie picture. You get the idea. Cinematography is the long version of what their patent is on. The word, anyway, that I butchered. Um, February 13th, Sarah Singleton Van Buren, 1818. Martin Van Buren's better half. Bess Truman, 1885, 35th First Lady of the United States. And Tennessee Ernie Ford, 1919, country recording artist, best known for the song 16 Tons and the Ballad of Davy Crockett. And Chuck Yeager, 1923, 
decorated American fighter pilot and test pilot, broke the sound barrier in 1947. February 13th for you. So Kansas City wins last night, 38-35, taking Super Bowl 57. Patrick Mahomes, to the victor belong the spoils. He gets the MVP. Second time he's gotten that. First time since Kurt Warner that the MVP of the regular season won the MVP award in the Super Bowl. I've got further thoughts on the Super Bowl MVP coming up at 1 o'clock. But for the time being, we now need to, because that's what we do in sports media and talk shows, we need to talk about Patrick Mahomes' legacy. And I guess we need to discuss or kick around the idea of the D word in sports. And that would be dynasty for Kansas City. I happen to think it's a little early, a little quick, a little jumping of the gun if you want to talk Chiefs dynasty, but we'll get back to that during the course of the show. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes has already, at 27 years old, compiled a resume that would be the envy of nearly every quarterback that's active right now. Jack, with uh, we'll start it off like this. With Tom Brady being retired, does Patrick Mahomes have scoreboard on every active quarterback in the NFL right now? It's not even really a question. I think that when you have two Super Bowls, two MVPs, and two Super Bowl MVPs, I mean, none of the other quarterbacks that are chasing him right now even are close to that. Rodgers is the only one in the conversation, and he's a distant second, correct? I would say yes. I mean, if you wanted to go with the MVPs and say, hey, Rodgers is the guy that Mahomes is chasing, I think we would have heard it by now, right? When we were talking yeah. about comparisons, I don't even think people put Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers in the same conversation because, hey, Rodgers, you know, I think is a guy that a lot of people choose not to root for, for whether it be on-field stuff or off-field stuff. Yeah. But it's really always been Mahomes and Brady when trying to compare the greatest quarterbacks. So now, with Brady retiring, I think Mahomes is in a league of his own. Yeah. Well, he's just one of three players with two MVPs, two Super Bowls, and two Super Bowl MVPs, Brady, Montana, and him. And Brady and Montana took twice as long as Mahomes to do it. He's the first player in NFL history to win multiple championships and multiple league MVPs within his first six seasons. And here's the thing, any way you slice it, whether you whether you think uh, a Super Bowl championship is a team award, I'll give you that. That's fine. Uh, in the team, the team's biggest game, when they've won, he's been their MVP. And over the course of a regular season, twice in his first six years, five as a starter, he's been the MVP of the regular season. So kind of any way you slice it, whatever you favor, whatever you like, whatever you think's most valuable, pardon the pun, he's got all the box boxes checked. This season alone, he led the NFL in passing yards and touchdowns while winning both MVPs in their whole career. Only Brady and Peyton Manning and Kurt Warner have done that, and he did that in one season. Mahomes has had, I don't even think it's an argument, the first five, uh, the best first five seasons as a starter of any quarterback who's ever lived. And when he was asked about dynasty talk, he kind of shot that down, because, and he kind of left it, open-ended because he said we're not done uh fair to say but when it comes to putting a team around him and keeping the dynasty talk alive i don't think there's much question that you have to look above patrick mahomes and if you're a chiefs fan or even if you're not 
if you're a Chiefs fan, thank you, Lucky Stars. If you're not, I think you have to give some kudos beyond Patrick Mahomes to his coach, Andy Reid, and his GM, Brett Veach, because they both understand what it takes to have something sustained while taking advantage of having a generational quarterback. And both Andy Reid when it comes to play calling and Brett Veach when it comes to building a team around him, and not just offensive weapons either. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, I'm not looking right at the draft list from last year, but really the only guy to specifically help Patrick Mahomes, well, there were two, I guess, Sky Moore at the top of the draft and Isaiah Pacheco at the bottom of the draft. Everybody else was defensive players. Yeah, other than uh, Darian Kennard <laughs> being a, a, Kennard, a guard, yeah. but <laughs> okay. he didn't play. Yeah. So um, the dynasty talk is at least on the table because of how astute and in tune Andy Reid and Brett Veach are to how hard this is to sustain. And really the next step that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles have to take is keeping this group, I don't want to say necessarily keeping this group together because Jalen Hurts still playing on his rookie contract for a while longer, but when it comes time to pay Jalen Hurts and pay is a relative term because it'll pale in comparison to Patrick Mahomes because he's getting half a billion dollars. And while Jalen Hurts won't get that kind of money, they're going to have to manipulate and juggle around the salary cap once these perceived franchise quarterbacks get off their rookie contracts and start getting the big bucks. And then after that, you're faced with decisions of who to pay and how much and where to, I don't want to say cut corners, but where to save some money. And I'm still not quite sure how the Chiefs have managed that, although it's becoming clearer and clearer over the last couple of years that it seems, Jack, that everybody in the organization, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, uh, and Steve Spagnolo seem all to be in lockstep with we need to and we're going to lean on and rely on rookies or first couple of year players to get us to the promised land. Am I overstating that? No, I don't think you're overstating it at all. I mean, I think what what's so incredible about this run for the Chiefs is I think we've said it time and time again, Shane, is the fact they traded away a Hall of Fame wide receiver and then went on to have more wins in one year than they had in franchise history, or not total, obviously, but a single-season record with wins at 17. I mean, that's almost ridiculous to think about. A 17-3 and season after you kind of went back to the drawing board and were retooling a little bit. And it was the way that all season long, right, that we, we criticized this team. Oh, they didn't beat the bad teams by a lot. They, they escaped by the skin of their teeth. Uh, they never really overpowered anybody. They had a bad loss to the Colts. They weren't as good as the Bills. They weren't as good as the Bengals. In the end, they were kind of inevitable. Uh, this team was always going to hang around. They were always going to be there. And sometimes when you just have that foundation, that structure, that familiarity with success – you are head and shoulders above some of those other teams. That's why I think when you wake up this morning and go, man, the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls in five years and everybody else chasing them, every other team that the media says they are better than or worse than, it's because they don't always have that same familiarity with success. Andy Reid, before Patrick Mahomes, had built this foundation, had built this layer that was getting Kansas City used to winning, playing in those big games, and though they never really could get over the hump, they knew what they had to do in those games. They just didn't really have the talent. Then they had the talent. They started having more and more success. But now they're kind of slipping into that realm of, man, this is just what they do. It's kind of like New England with their dynasty. I think back to like the last five years in New England. 
I don't think many people were saying they were by far and away the overpowering dominant alpha, but they were always there, and people wanted to pick them apart and say, oh, the dynasty's coming to an end, Brady's not as good anymore, but they were always there at that level. I go back to 2018 and 19, the first year Patrick Holmes was a starter in Kansas City, and everybody was surprised at what the Chiefs were doing. They were fun, they were exciting, they were explosive, and everybody wanted to write off New England. And it was New England winning the Super Bowl that year. They weren't incredibly scary. They weren't dominant. They were just there. They were good. They were the top of the league. They were at the top of the league, but the other teams were more fun. I think this year we saw with this bunch, they were really good, but they weren't as fun as they used to be. The Bengals were more fun. The Bills were more fun. But it was the Chiefs, when it was all said and done, they're in the big game at the end of the year, and fortunate enough, of course, to beat the most fun team on the NFC side, and the Eagles, who everybody was trying to praise and say they were better. And so this year, it just makes you double-take. They won 17 games without Tyreek Hill. It's absurd to think about, and I don't think we'll ever be able to truly appreciate the greatness of what we saw with the 2022-2023 Kansas City Chiefs. No, I I disagree. I think it will be easy to... um to give them their kudos uh, considering, and you bring up the good, a good point in your argument just now at the very beginning that who would have thought you'd be better off. Yeah. Better off uh, trading a hall of fame wide receiver. But, and I think the narrative out there nationally was such that this may have been at least to this point, Patrick Mahomes finest hour. Cause he did it with a rookie running back. Uh, without their incumbent running back, really, uh, two first-year wide receivers that were not number ones where they were prior, and really both were sketchy number twos at best in MVS and Juju. They swing a trade for a guy that turned out to be one of the Super Bowl heroes that was not even in the AFC when the season started. And basically one mega weapon that some of us, I'll include myself in this category, were skeptical if he could continue to get his uh, targets and continue to get his touches in Travis Kelsey, which we have come to discover, and now it is cemented into football history that he can get open against anybody. And regardless of the lid lifter, speedster receiver, whether he's there or not, uh, whether the running game is going or not, or whether it's actually Patrick Mahomes being the quarterback or not, Travis Kelsey is everything proof. And he proved it again last night in the Super Bowl. So with that formula, We look forward and look down the line a little bit when it comes to dynasty. Like I said, I don't think they're there quite yet. Dynasty is a kind of a a flexible definition or word when it comes to sporting events or teams in a sporting event. So I'll ask you, Jack, plain and simple, is this a dynasty? Yes or no? I think anybody can run into one, which is why you can, of course, call the dynasty after one. I think two is just better than one. You can say you're a multiple-time Super Bowl-winning team, but I always think a dynasty is three. The good thing about it is that if Kansas City doesn't win one for the next, let's say, three or four years but wins it in year five, you have three in ten years. By my standards, I consider that a dynasty because I think even in those off years— you're near a Super Bowl, you are in the postseason, you are hosting home playoff games. And I think right now, they're a dynasty within five years. But I think people always look long-term for a dynasty. Like, New England went 10 years without a Super Bowl, right? They went a long time without a Super Bowl. You still kind of looked at those first couple of years when they won and said, hey, this is a dynasty. When you've won multiple Super Bowls, you can start calling yourself a dynasty. Like, I think right now you can toe the line of it. Like, you, somebody could argue the point of it being a dynasty, but I think you'd have some people that would disagree with you. Like, I think right now I stand on the fence of it's not a dynasty. I think three is a dynasty because dynasty is a big word, right? I think when yeah. you're talking about a dynasty, you are talking about running the entire league. And yeah. I think, like, with Golden State, right, Golden State had three. They had 
the one with Steph Curry. They had the one with Kevin Durant, and I'm thinking I'm blanking on one with Steph Curry without Kevin Durant as well. Well, they had three in that span. You always think that's a dynasty. The Cowboys had a dynasty. Uh, I think that uh, New England, of course, had the dynasty. And you go around the leagues, the Yankees had a, a dynasty because they won more than two. I think you could start the conversation of a dynasty because of how good they've been in a five-year stretch, but I still think you need that third one and a 10-year window to be called uh, a dynasty. Well, um, and I think the other question is, regardless of whether you think yes or no, this is a dynasty, or at least the the infancy stages of it. I think it all centers around two guys, and neither one of them is Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk about that when we come back and dive into the nuts and bolts of the game. Big plays, uh, momentum swings, what we saw as we were watching the game, and at what point did we think that the Chiefs would actually win the game? We'll answer those questions and talk Dynasty and the nuts and bolts of Super Bowl 57 when we return, and maybe a little audio as well. Some more Chiefs talk coming up here on a Championship Monday. It's 1224. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Guys, Valentine's Day is just about here, and for various reasons, I'm sure you'll want to be feeling your best. It's tomorrow, need I remind you. Whether it's not feeling tired or fatigued or maybe more intimate reasons, tomorrow's the day you want to feel top-notch. That's where Enhanced Wellness of Derby comes in. Enhanced Wellness's top program is the Testosterone Optimization Program, T-O-P. It increases muscle mass and stamina while decreasing body fat. This will get you looking better, but more importantly, feeling better too. And speaking of feeling better, if you had a long night out on the town or maybe you kind of overdid it at your Super Bowl party last night, or if you're battling the flu, Enhanced Wellness can inject new life into you with their IV vitamin infusion. This will rehydrate you, but also improve sleep, energy, and immunity. I like Enhanced Wellness because they give you free assessment consultations with your very first visit. And Enhanced Wellness is locally owned and operated. For more information, visit EnhancedWellnessDerby.com. That's EnhancedWellnessDerby.com or call or text them. 316-644-2800. That's 644-2800. Enhanced Wellness of Derby. Hi, this is Blake Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Brian Davis, another great special on Natural Light 30 Packs, only $23.99. And don't forget, most wanted vodka, 1.75 liters, just $17.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Did you know that carbon monoxide is odorless and invisible? And the only way to detect it is by installing carbon monoxide or CO alarms. 
First Alert is reminding you to install CO alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Also, remember, alarms don't last forever and need to be replaced at least every 5 to 10 years, depending on your alarm. Protect your home and family with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores for your carbon monoxide alarms. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Abbott. Twelve twenty nine. More Chiefs talk as Casey brings home the hardware again. Second Super Bowl championship since two thousand nineteen. wasn't always easy as the Chiefs trailed by ten at halftime. The Second biggest, tied for the second biggest halftime comeback, matching their other Super Bowl championship victory. That was against the 49ers. They were down 10 then, too. A couple of other teams had come from a 10-point hold to win their Super Bowl. And then, of course, there was the 28-3 game. But anyway, uh, in getting to that 24-14 first-half lead, I think it probably seemed for many Chiefs fans like if not for that gaffe by Jalen Hurts where he basically dropped the ball and Nick Bolton turned it into a scoop and score, that the Chiefs defense never really stopped the Eagles and that it might just be a long, long Super Bowl 57 in store for the Chiefs and the Chiefs fans. Certainly we know how that ended, and we'll get into – Uh, the nuts and bolts of why they fell behind and how they came back. But just to put a bow on the dynasty definition talk, I think it's more, well, not more. Nothing's more important than Patrick Mahomes, so I don't want to get all hot takey here. But two guys that are going to be as responsible for a potential dynasty as anybody this side of Patrick Mahomes, to me, is Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. And I think the I think the 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 uh, longevity of and unbelievable production of Travis Kelsey is Hall of Fame worthy without without question. If he walked away today, I don't think it's even a whisper when it comes to his Hall of Fame resume. But what gives me a little bit of pause, and I hate to pin it on one guy, maybe more so than Andy Reid, Jack, who we assume is going to coach four or five more years. Um, But I would ask you this, and there's a method to my madness, and I don't think you need to be a rocket scientist to understand what I'm getting at. Who do you think lasts longer from now until the end of their careers? Travis Kelsey or Andy Reid? I think it's Andy Reid without question. Do you? Man, so you're saying that Andy Reid is going to be in Kansas City longer than Travis Kelsey. Travis I, think it's a, I think it's a fair question. Oh, man. Okay, so Travis I, is... I, I know what you think about Travis Kelsey's yes. invincibility, relatively speaking. And there's nothing pointing to me that says the end is near, but he is... He is on the wrong side of 30, and once something happens, especially with those guys 
lower bodies, then it goes quick. And he's irreplaceable, but that's part of the reason why you and I had this chatter last week when it came to our mock drafts and how I had a hard time coming off of the idea of grabbing one of those great tight ends that we're supposedly seeing in this year's draft in the first round and not waiting until next year or the year after that and drafting a wide receiver instead. I think the wide receiver is a little bit more dime a dozen than Travis Kelsey is, or or not Travis Kelsey because there aren't any Travis Kelseys except one, but high-end, high-level, um, big-time prospects at the tight end position. So, uh, okay, if you're Vegas, Jack, put the over-under at Kelsey's remaining years and Reed's remaining years. I mean – I'm, I'm just trying to talk through this because I think it's entirely possible that Reed outlasts Travis Kelsey. I think there is a scenario in which Andy Reed is around longer in Kansas City than Travis Kelsey because he's also not the one out there on the field, you know, getting hit anymore. So if he's just coaching on the sideline, hell, he could coach till he's, you know, 70, would, 70 75, maybe. Yeah, if he wants to. And, I, you know, it's not like he's one of the – the coaches that feels like, hey, I, w- I want to go and watch my kids grow up or something like that. Like, his kids are all grown. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like he has a, a family lifestyle where he's like, oh, I'm, I'm missing a lot of my kids' lives. Uh, I don't, Maybe he wants to look at it and go, hey, I just want to go retire, enjoy a couple cheeseburgers on a beach somewhere. So so we probably will walk away from the game when he's just kind of tired of all the, the time and effort it takes to, to put into being a head coach at this level. And Travis Kelsey's the one that's going through offseason workouts, preseason a 17-game grueling regular season, and then likely two or three postseason games every single year. But here's some of the numbers as to why I think Travis Kelsey's going to be around a lot longer than Andy Reid. I could see Travis Kelsey playing seven more years in, in Kansas City. I, I really would. I don't see him playing elsewhere unless you know his contract expires and he's still wanting he big-time money. He playing elsewhere. No, I, I think he'd take a discount. I think he'd rather take a discount and stay in Kansas City's entire career than go elsewhere. But right now, Travis Kelsey just wrapped up his age 33 season. He had over 1,300 yards receiving and 12 touchdowns. A guy I always look to and want to compare to and and aging well at the tight end position would be Tony Gonzalez, also Antonio Gates. But Tony Gonzalez last year was 2013. Hard to believe. It's already been a decade since Tony G's been out of football. But he started in all 16 games, age 37 season, and had just under 860 yards receiving. And had eight touchdowns on the year. So that was age 37 Tony Gonzalez. Age 33 Tony Gonzalez had 867 yards receiving. Travis Kelsey had 500 more yards receiving at the exact same age. Now, Tony G, I think you could start to see the regression once he left Kansas City. He was still effective. He was still good and played five years in Atlanta. But he was never the same guy. Travis Kelsey's shown no signs of regression, right? I don't think Travis Kelsey. I'm looking at these numbers, Jack, and I'm just dumbfounded how they pale in comparison to Travis Kelsey. I guess I needed a, a wake-up call or a you know take a look at Pro Football Reference. Yeah, he's got a handful of really good years. Almost all of Kelsey's years are like this. Yeah, or or, or beyond, <laughs> double him in yeah. some cases. I mean, it's just because he's this absurd talent. He's been an All Pro. Multiple, multiple times. I believe he's a a four time All Pro uh, in his so far. How many years has it been? Ten years, nine years in the league, and he didn't mm-hmm. even play year one in the NFL. So Travis Kelsey, to me, he would have shown signs of regression, whether in his play or injuries. If I was not really confident that he'd outlast Andy Reid, I think Andy Reid coaches two to three more years. And it's not because he'll be forced out. I think he'll just be done with it because yeah. now he's got that second Super Bowl ring. You know, he's got it set up nicely where it's the Chiefs are going to be dominant for the next decade plus. I mean, as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, they've already proven. You take away a top weapon, they still can win the damn thing. I just feel like Travis Kelsey is probably primed to play six or seven more years. He's not injury prone. He's still very effective. And if he plays four or five more years and matches maybe Tony Gonzalez, let's say he retires at age 37, which I still seeing still see being very unlikely. I don't think Andy Reid coaches five or six more years. I think he's in the ballpark about two to three, and Travis Kelsey will still be putting up north of 1,000 yards receiving every single year two or three years from now. All right. Well, I'm not trying to put Kelsey in the grave prematurely or uh, try to predict injury or something like that on him, but uh... – 
I think it's at least worth a conversation. Who's going to last longer, Reed or Kelsey? Um, okay, now, when it comes to the ball game last night, it was 24-14 at half, and backing up from there, it was pretty much two teams trading punches. Uh, save for Jalen Hurts' fumble that was returned for a touchdown on a scoop and score by Kansas City's defense. Beyond that, though, Philadelphia was a little more aggressive. They were certainly more efficient offensively uh, for the game. The Eagles had more first downs, converted more third downs, and really it wasn't even that close, regardless of third and distance. Fourth down attempts, they ran more plays, gained more yards, and won the time of possession. Now, some of that was skewed by the fact that Nick Bolton scooped and scored, and the Chiefs obviously didn't have to run any offensive plays, and the Eagles got the ball right back. When Kansas City, in the early going, in the first quarter, when Harrison Butker hit one off the upright, I wasn't that annoyed by that particular play call or the decision to kick the field goal at the time. Jack was. Jack was quite annoyed, and I know this because he texted me as much. Uh, When Kansas City... Kicked a field goal on what, Jack? Fourth and two and a half? Yeah, like about that. fourth and two. Yeah. And the offense, to Jack's point, was humming pretty good. And, of course, Butker hit, hit the upright. And, of course, Philadelphia turned around and went right back and went right back to work. The fact that he missed the field goal wasn't uh, – that I – Look, sometimes you make them, sometimes you don't. I thought that was the right decision. Jack didn't. But I also didn't think the Chiefs would have to worry about uh, not having an opportunity to get back in that position and punch it in again. Could they use the three points? Sure. Um, Would seven have been better than none? Sure. That's hindsight, though, too. Um, But when it came to that first half, it was a pretty freewheeling first half. But it also really drove home the point if you fast forward to the end of the game of how long a football game in the NFL really is because some things got tweaked in the second half some things flatly changed in the second half and as we know Kansas City and the MVP Patrick Mahomes nearly played flawlessly in the second half And we can have a little bit of a debate on how injured his ankle was, how poorly the Philadelphia defense played, how great the Kansas City offensive line played, how much the D.C. for Philadelphia for not being able to get to Patrick Mahomes was to blame for this, or how brilliantly Kansas City and Andy Reid flipped the script in that second half. At what point, Jack, did you think the Chiefs would win? I think I will always go back to the Kadarius Tony punt return. And I know the Eagles went back and tied it up, but it really felt like at that moment that was a a shot at the Eagles, a shot in their heart, a shot in their throat. I don't really know how else you could describe it, but it felt like that was the dagger. Uh, Not that the game would be over, but it felt like that was when the tides had really flipped. The, the momentum had completely swung. The pendulum had swung. The Kansas City Chiefs were a team that you know, were down and out in the first half, but once they got rolling in the second half, they were like a train that couldn't be stopped. I mean, well, the it, fact that they got the second half kickoff I thought was really big because if the Eagles were up 10 and they get the ball coming out of the third quarter, boo, good luck taking uh, the Chiefs on the money line live betting, for example. And that maybe that's you know <laughs> that, that's becoming comfortable with the, the fact that the Chiefs always come back no matter the size of the deficit but once they get rolling you're pretty much confident they're going to score a touchdown on every single drive and they go up 28 27 on the Kadarius Tony touchdown and then they get a stop on defense and then Kadarius Tony takes them down inside the five I had full confidence at that point the Chiefs were not only going to win the game I felt like they were going to run away with it I feel like they needed one more stop and the Eagles still wouldn't be able to keep the Chiefs out of the end zone now Jalen Hurts had one of the more impressive drives we've seen this season in yep. response to that, going the length of the field, having the touchdown and the two-point conversion. But to me, 
once Tony spun down inside the five-yard line, I'm going, wow, they really did it again. They were able to overcome a second-half deficit, a double-digit deficit at that, and then find a way to just become unstoppable offensively. I mean, this Eagles pass rush, non-existent. Uh, the secondary wasn't able to keep up with Juju or or Tony or even guys like Sky Moore. They couldn't stop the running game. They were in full force at that point, and I felt very confident the Chiefs were going to win once Tony had the big punt return. Besides that, and the big punt return he's referring to is with about 10 minutes left, Tony had the longest punt return in Super Bowl history, 65 yards down to the five-yard line that eventually – led to a touchdown. Also, can we have whoever's responsible for the play calls of Kadarius Tony touchdown, Sky Moore touchdown, take a bow? I don't know if that's the enemy or Reed, but you don't get that wide open in the NFL and you get wide open twice. Just walk in touchdowns. The other big play beyond the Tony punt return was with under three minutes left in the game and the score tied at 35. Patrick Mahomes goes 26 yards to get the Chiefs eventually uh, into the red zone and what become the game-winning score. Now, we'll talk about the uh, the James Bradbury hold coming up at 1 o'clock and other little quick hits in the Super Bowl. But that notwithstanding, uh, when the Chiefs got the ball with 5.15 left and the game tied, and not necessarily have to go in the length of the field. I mean, scoring a touchdown, obviously, when they had the ball with 5.15 left was probably on every Chiefs fan's mind. But the one thing that I thought was impossible, impossible is maybe a stretch. One thing that I thought was highly unlikely was that the Chiefs could go all the way down the field, run the Eagles out of timeouts, and kick a field goal at the gun and end the game 38-35 right then and there. They didn't quite do it, but it was pretty damn close because they did job number one. They ran the Eagles out of timeouts, got in the red zone, or got in a field goal position, but they executed that drive nearly flawlessly because it was a heads-up play by Jarek McKinnon to slide down at the two-yard line, and then a couple of plays later, the Eagles are out of timeouts, and instead of retreating four, five, or six extra seconds uh, just to try to time it up to where a Butker field goal would be the last play of regulation, he knelt down, didn't want to give up the extra yards, didn't want to make this uh, 31-yard field goal as opposed to what it was, what would have started with a, shoot, 22-yard field goal if, if Mahomes didn't use up any extra time, but he did. And that was beautifully, uh, beautifully directed. But besides the Kadarius Tony, um, sixty-five yard gallop on the punt, I the first time I thought Kansas City would win was when Mahomes scrambled for twenty-six yards with under three minutes left. Now again, we'll get to some quick hits and some other ins and outs, uh, and have just basically a little roundtable discussion about some other Super Bowl fifty-seven leftovers coming up at one o'clock, but. The tail of the tape, Mahomes, with only 182 yards and three touchdowns, but he did have 44 yards on the ground, including those 26 Super Bowl MVP. Jalen Hurts, who I think you could at least make a little bit of an argument for. I've come off the stance a little bit from last night until now that he could have been the MVP in defeat. 304 yards through the air, 70 yards on the ground, four touchdowns accounted for, most touchdown, most rushing touchdowns, and most rushing yards ever by a quarterback in a Super Bowl. Uh, so now the Chiefs, again, have won two championships and 75 games since 2018, including the playoffs. Only the Patriots, with their 3 through 7 run with 77 wins, have won more games in a five-year span. Coming up next, we've got to get to Twitter. It has to do with Patrick Mahomes. At ESPN Wichita is where you can find it. So go there, vote, and retweet if you would be so kind. But first, we need to tell you about Twin Peaks. From football to football, Twin Peaks has you covered for game day. Covered you last night, and you can kick off the Champions League round of 16. Starting tomorrow, 29-degree draft beer and scratch food at your soccer headquarters Twin Peaks. And of course, their lingerie party is still going on. They'll steal your heart 
with specials on their favorite festive cocktails from now through tomorrow. All you need is love and the lodge. Dive into Sweetheart Week with their Red Hot Lingerie Party. And if you're really feeling like it, keep the party going from the Super Bowl last night. Going there today. Here in a couple of hours for Happy Hour. It starts at 3 o'clock almost every day. And kick that hangover by uh, having a little hair of the dog, if you know what I mean. All right, it's 1248. When we come back, Patrick Mahomes, what's the end game for him? That's Twitter, and that's next. Shane Dennis Show. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. On that heavy shelf you hung yesterday. Turns out, you didn't use enough anchors. Wait, you didn't use any anchors? (laughs) Now you've got an open floor plan. Trendy. And if you have the wrong home insurance, you could need a wall of money to fix this. So get home insurance with Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need. Indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign, and we handle the rest. Sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger, except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring us your next home project, and we'll bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com to get started. If you want to pay off high interest debt faster, it's time to refinance with American Financing, America's home for home loans. Get a free mortgage review and learn about custom loans that can save you up to $1,000 a month. If you start soon, you may close in as fast as 10 days. Call 866-886-2026. That's 866-886-2026. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182-334. NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Kansas City Steak Company, another AmericanEagle.com success story. Started in 1932 as a family-owned butcher shop, today they're a leading distributor of superior all-American steaks delivered right to your door, ready for the grill and your taste buds. When it came to their website, an average site wouldn't do. They chose AmericanEagle.com to take their website to the next level. With a dramatic increase in competition and a softening market demand, they had two challenges. Improve their brand presence and message and produce a positive return. AmericanEagle.com got to work and executed usable studies and detailed audits of site experience, digital assets, and marketing. The result? An integrated digital marketing and customer experience plan, organic traffic increase of 20%, and a long-term roadmap for success. If you love great steaks, go to KansasCitySteaks.com. For website design, development, and online solutions that bring efficiency and results, visit AmericanEagle.com. If you need a results-driven website, call the team at AmericanEagle.com at 877-WEBNOW1. That's 877-WEBNOW1. We will get to some shocker talk, hour two. We're digesting and cutting apart Super Bowl 57, Chiefs 38, Eagles 35. Most points ever scored by a losing team in a Super Bowl with Philadelphia's 35. Nobody has done anything even close to what Jalen Hurts did in defeat. And I know that doesn't necessarily take the sting away from Eagles fans that Kind of thought that they got jobbed with the uh, James Bradbury holding call. We'll get to that coming up at the top of the hour with some Super Bowl quick hits. Just a little round table with Jack Johnson and myself on a couple of the uh, side stories of what happened during the Super Bowl that maybe didn't necessarily uh, lead directly to victory or defeat, but just our thoughts on the many, many, uh, things that happened through the course of that 60-minute 
thriller, 38-35, going the way of the Chiefs. All right, Twitter now, at ESPN Wichita, and I'll hold Jack's feet to the fire here and get his uh, get him to actually spit out what he thinks is going to happen in the Patrick Mahomes era. What's more true about Patrick Mahomes? That's the question. At ESPN Wichita on Twitter. Please go there, vote and retweet. We've got a Twitter question up there pretty much every single day that we have a show. What's more true about Patrick Mahomes? And this is the this is the best way that I could think to frame this question to get um, these options in there. More MVPs than titles. Wins four total Super Bowls. Wins one more Super Bowl, which would be three. Wins five or more titles and MVPs. Jack, what's more true about Patrick Mahomes? And the uh, voting so far is pretty close. More MVPs than titles. That's regular season, of course. Wins four total Super Bowls. So that means he's going to win two more. Wins one more Super Bowl. Self-explanatory. Or wins five or more titles and MVPs. What do you got, Jack? I'm actually in the minority here because I think it's the safest possible bet. I think it's easier for a player of his caliber to win an MVP than it is to win multiple, multiple Super Bowls. Not saying he's done winning Super Bowls. I think he's going to win a couple of more. But... I don't want to put a cap on how many he'd win. Four seems like it's just an exact number. Where I don't know if I want to put all my money, all my chips on that because he may win five. He may win three. He may only win two. So that's where I kind of stay away from voting for one that has an exact number of Super Bowls. Wins only one more Super Bowl. I don't like that pick either because I think he wins multiple. I don't know if it would be three more, two more, four more, five more. I'm not really sure. I don't have a true gut feeling on that. And then winning five-plus titles and MVPs, that seems a bit high because there are going to be years where the Chiefs may win the Super Bowl and he doesn't play like the best player in the league. Or there may be years where he goes absolutely absurd, bonkers, and the Chiefs lose in the AFC Championship game or something like that. So I think the best one to go with here is more MVPs than titles because he may have, uh, when it's all said and done, let's say five MVPs and four Super Bowl titles or four MVPs and three Super Bowl titles. I think there's more wiggle room with that answer than there are with the other three. And... Have you taken this into consideration? Because I didn't hear it come out of your mouth. But are you? Does uh, does Joe Burrow and Josh Allen give you pause when it comes to uh, the MVP thing? I think Joe Burrow does. Josh Allen does not for me because I am still high on Josh Allen. I don't think Josh Allen will age as well as Joe Burrow does. Joe Burrow, I think, is probably the most comparable quarterback play wise. To Tom Brady, uh, to prime Tom Brady. Not a very mobile quarterback, likes to stay in the pocket, very accurate. Still a pretty good arm, but not a massive arm like Mahomes and Allen have. So I think you compare those two guys to more so of the Rodgers, the Favs of the world, you know, the guys that just have the big-time flamethrower power arms. Joe Burrow, I think, is going to win a couple of MVPs because he's got the team around him right now. He has the weapons to put up big-time numbers. It just so happened this year that there were a couple games where Jamar Chase was out. Uh, the Bengals started rather slow where the Chiefs, from the get-go, that offense, they were firing on all cylinders. And, of course, that led Patrick Mahomes to leading the league in passing yards, had 40-plus touchdowns. That's going to win you an MVP more often than not. I think the quarterbacks that give me pause, I'd say Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts. Kansas City bucked a few trends uh, yesterday as well. The last eight teams to win the coin toss had lost the Super Bowl. Regular season MVP hadn't won the Super Bowl since 1999. That came to an end. And I think, did I see correctly, Jack, that the passing leader of a particular season had never won the Super Bowl? I think you're correct. Yeah, yeah, I think the uh, regular season passing leader always came up short as well. Um, yeah, 0 for 56. NFL regular season passing yards leader, never won. He led the league, of course, with 52-50. And so that curse is finally broken. The vote so far. What's most true? What's more true? Whatever. What's more true about... 
Patrick Mahomes. It's a tie for first between wins four total Super Bowls and wins five or more titles and MVPs. Those are the two top vote-getters. It's tied 29.3%. 24.4% says he wins one more Super Bowl. And 17% of the voters say he wins more MVPs than titles. Four pretty good uh, options for a generational quarterback. And teams are now 26-2. and two after leading by double digits at halftime of the Super Bowl, Patriots came back down 18 to beat the Falcons. Chiefs came back from down 10 to beat the Eagles. I think I, I didn't mean to mislead you in the first segment that the Chiefs have now twice come from behind by 10 points to beat their opposition. Didn't necessarily uh, happen against the 49ers at halftime, but last night did. Chiefs and Patriots are the two teams that trailed by double digits at halftime and came back to win the Super Bowl. All right, there was a questionable holding call that aided Kansas City's final drive, or was it questionable? We got a lot of Super Bowl quick hits to talk about. Was this the all-time best Super Bowl? What's this mean for Andy Reid and the pantheon of all-time greatest coaches Does the offensive line for the Chiefs have the last laugh? And did Jalen Hurts really really have an argument to be the MVP? A lot of Super Bowl quick hits when we come back. We're on the top of the hour, the can-equip Case IH Red Zone Hour. It's 1 o'clock. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.